Hello, my name's Frank and I'm the host of the UFO Thinker podcast. I'd always been mildly interested in UFOs, but like many people, the events of 2017 ignited a fire of curiosity for the UFO topic, which has been raging ever since. I wanted to start a podcast, but initially thought, well, I'm not an astrophysicist, I'm not a fighter pilot, and I've never even seen a UFO. I'm just a normal guy who's interested in this mystery. But that's when a light bulb went off. There are so many other people just like me who are fascinated with this stuff. So why not start a podcast to talk about it from the ordinary guy's perspective? All the BS stripped away, as a few people have said. And let's see if we can get to the truth in all of this. Thanks to everyone who's been on board with the journey so far. It's been amazing to see so many listeners tuning in. And if you're new here, welcome. You can now support the podcast on Patreon with tiers starting from £3 per month. The podcast will always be 100% free, but supporting the show in this way allows me to devote more time and make the show bigger and better. Higher tiers also include special benefits such as being able to suggest episode topics and get merchandise. And I really truly appreciate every listener whether you support on Patreon or not. So now with all of that said, let's get into today's episode. Hello and welcome to the UFO Thinker podcast. My name's Frank and let's get cracking. So today is another recent events episode but I just wanted to kind of uh, quickly drop in. I'm recording this in the midst uh, of all of this horrendous situation in in Ukraine at the moment with, with Russia's invasion of Ukraine and it has occurred to me that you know there are more important things perhaps really pressing issues going on in the world um at the moment and obviously a lot of people are going to be preoccupied with that and it it almost felt a bit wrong to even do a podcast about ufos at this point yeah i don't know it's it, it obviously is you know interesting to do and so on but you know with something so drastically you know horrendous happening in the world to to people right now i've sort of questioned it but you know the the conclusion that i came to with it is that actually looking into this mystery of ufos and everything is an escape for me from all of that i keep keep up to date with what's happening in that part of the world um and try to get my head around it as best i can and that quite rightly should be the most pressing concern at this moment for a lot of people but you know for me i still find some kind of escape in looking at the ufo mystery from all of that so i just wanted to put that out there i understand that a lot of people will be mostly focused on the 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 more pressing concerns at this moment and you know honestly just genuine heartfelt prayers for anybody caught up in in the the horrible situation out there especially seeing as there's so many civilians caught up in it um i just wanted to to make that little point before we get into what we're going to talk about today and i just hope in the same way that this kind of thing is an escape for me i hope perhaps you know that can be the same for 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 anybody who listens to the podcast and enjoys listening this can also similarly be a bit of an escape from the horrible realities of what's going on in the world at the moment for you 
So having said that, let's dive into some of the things that have been happening recently in the UFO topic. So quite a big one that's actually uh, happened over the last week or so is uh, a Vice News article, uh, which is by Daniel Otis. And it's basically about 20 years of UFO sightings that have just been uh, released as like a database, I guess you'd call it, uh, from the Canadian government. And uh, really interesting. And uh, Daniel Otis was actually on the Somewhere in the Skies uh, as well, did an interview with Ryan Sprague um, as a follow-up to this. But the Vice article basically talks about these UFO reports that have been released now. And it's uh, 500-plus reports uh, spanning nearly 300 pages and dozens of strange sightings from commercial pilots, soldiers, police officers. And the article goes into detail about some of them, mentions some highlights. And at the bottom of the article, you can actually find uh, a PDF of all of the actual documents as well. So uh, all, all 290 pages uh, of reports. So it's 500-plus reports going on to nearly 300 pages and you can actually if you if you type in um canadian government ufo reports vice or something into into google you'll, you'll definitely find it and at the bottom of the page you can find all of the 290 pages as a downloadable pdf and it's worth reading the article and obviously anybody who's really interested in the details can actually go ahead and download the whole thing and comb through it as I'm sure many people already are doing. I've had a little bit of a look through but obviously there's a lot of pages there to get through um, so I may end up doing some follow up on it at some point uh, but at the moment I'm just going to be talking about a couple of the highlights from the article. So there's a one that's quite interesting with the Canadian military. A flight uh, in the Canadian military spotted a bright green flying object that flew into a, cr a cloud and then disappeared over eastern Canada. So that's one that's mentioned in the article I thought was quite interesting. And that one's actually come out through uh, Canadian freedom of information laws. Apparently the uh, the reports were actually made to federal, federal transportation authorities quite recently, as recently as last year apparently. And this bright green flying object was witnessed and it flew into a cloud. So... That's a quite an interesting one. And there's a couple of other bits mentioned as well, such as the, the, the police, Newfoundland police, tracking two brightly coloured flying objects in August 2001. And it mentions in the article about one in December 2018, a, a commercial passenger flight from Alaska to Seattle that reported pulsating lights descending from 60,000 feet which is uh, another one that sounds quite interesting. The descending aspect of it uh, kind of caught my eye there. Um, and there's a quote there uh, from a former Canadian fighter pilot, John Jock Williams. And uh, he says, quote, I would be inclined categorically, categorically to believe anybody that reported something. There's no upside to making a fake report unquote which is a good point especially when you're talking about um you know somebody who's in that responsible position of being a, a pilot whether it's a military pilot or a, a fighter pilot in the military what you know it seems quite an obvious one i guess but what's the upside there you know like dave fravor for example what what's he benefited from from actually coming out with his story you know you're going to get a lot of laughs from from your uh, colleagues you're going to get 
potentially some abuse and and you know you're going to have a lot of interest from people who are interested in ufos but there's nothing there that's going to directly benefit dave fravor he's not wrote a book about it he doesn't get paid to go to appearances and things as, as far as i know anyway or if he does they're few and far between so it's a good point that i thought was worth mentioning really as a pilot you know there's not really much of benefit to you for your career to making a fake report um but anyway that's worth like i say reading the whole article really is what you want to be doing i've just given a few little points there but there's quite a few other really interesting ones uh, that you should have a look at and uh, as i say that the whole article goes through some some highlights and some particular points of some of the more interesting cases but you can as i say access the entire thing and it's all the actual original documents as well uh, some of it's redacted uh, but for the most part you can get some really good information in there so definitely worth a look for anybody who's interested in combing through and finding some some uh, nuggets of interesting bits so on to the next point which is something that actually happened very recently so on uh, Christina Gomez's uh, YouTube channel, uh, there was an interview with Lou Elizondo and there was a really interesting comment. I've been talking a bit recently about UFO baiting and um, if you listen to the podcast regularly, you'll probably know um, that I was really interested in some comments made by Ross Coulter regarding apparently the US government have had... Um, the capability to bait UAP for decades apparently and um, Tim McMillan had recently mentioned that there may be some connection with anti-neutrinos and being able to detect anti-neutrinos and things like that was mentioned in the same kind of sentences UFO baiting UAP baiting and the concept of it is that there may be certain things that you can do uh, to bring about the appearance of UAP things that would make it more likely and anti-neutrinos has been mentioned of having some kind of a connection there uh, anti-neutrinos being a, a very very tiny particle and um, which is neutrinos and anti-neutrinos which is like matter and antimatter kind of a uh, with the way that it works and they're absolutely tiny and they can travel through solid objects and things um, it's, it's a super super tiny particle i'm not a physicist as you can probably tell but yeah it's one of those type of particles and um so anything that crops up to do with uh, UFO baiting, I'm all over it. And on the Christina Gomez interview, um, Lou says, he's talking actually just before the bit that I'm about to quote, he's talking about intelligence and how it's very important to um, be able to predict certain patterns of behavior from from an enemy in wartime and he says that in business it's even the way that things work. You know, uh, big, big companies have intelligence uh, operations to be able to predict what their rivals are going to do and so on and he follows a little bit of a, a speech about that kind of thing with the following quote so quote using these type of ways to ultimately predict uap activity i don't think is out of the realm of reality in fact everybody now knows we tried to do that in atip and I'm not going to go into detail right now, but there were some things that we did. We did for the specific reason of trying to lure these things out. Um, and it turns out that, you know, big pause at this point in the quote, by the way. 
these things could be pretty successful if you know what you're doing, unquote. And when I heard that, I nearly fell off my chair because that, as far as I know, is Lou Elizondo's clearest... I mean, he's hinted at this kind of thing before, that maybe it was a thing and, you know, blah, blah, blah. But this is basically Lou Elizondo saying that ATIP actually engaged in efforts to specifically lure UAP based on certain things that they had been able to identify were things that would cause UAP to appear. And not only that, the real mind-blowing thing there is that Lou Elizondo says, after that real pause, by the way, because I think he was he was in that pause, he was considering whether or not he should be saying what he's saying um, and how to word it. But after that, help, that that lengthy pause there, he says, these things could be pretty successful if you know what you're doing. I mean, like, I don't... I, I'm not going to get too excited about it, but you can understand that, that that for me is massive. It's a huge thing because we're talking about the possibility existing there being, you know, being confirmed by Lou Elizondo himself, who was p- potentially the person who was in charge of the organization that, that did some of this activity. He's saying that these, these attempts to, to lure UAP or to bait UAP were successful. Now, it's a real shame, unfortunately, um, the host, uh, Christina Gomez, unfortunately changed the topic straight away and didn't follow up on it, which was a real shame because I was so hoping that there would be some kind of a follow-up. But, um, I, I, you know, I've, I've tried to get Lou Elizondo on the show. I've not had any luck in actually getting hold of him, unfortunately. Um, but if there's anybody who listens to this who, who does manage to speak to Lou Elizondo, for God's sake, please ask him some more questions about that because... I, I don't understand why UFO baiting is not seen as more of a big deal. I mean, surely that should be one of the main things that we're looking at at the moment. Like, if there's a way, as Lou Elizondo has hinted many times in the past, Ross Coltart says that he's spoken to people in positions to know that have confirmed that it is a capability that we currently have and have had for decades. Tim McMillan is hinting that, which I think he is hinting, Tim McMillan says that he doesn't exactly know um, you know what's going on he's just throwing it out to, to Twitter to be able to look into it further Tim McMillan's not the sort of person who acts on a hunch I think Tim McMillan has been told certain things about anti-neutrinos being an element of what baits these things out um, and he's throwing it out basically as a breadcrumb but I, I reckon Tim McMillan probably knows more than he's letting on about it as well and, and obviously now we've got Lou Elizondo who's hinted at this in the past but he's never directly said that ATIP were actually engaged in baiting UAP and were successful I mean it's just so huge that um, so yeah I'm, I'm not going to ramble on about it for too much longer but man that was an exciting development and I think it's probably one I could say for some reason the UFO baiting doesn't get the attention that I, I think that it deserves um, so hopefully we'll see more information about this and I, I think there's a possibility that some of what's included in Lou Elizondo's book may contain a bit more information about that as well but yeah so fascinating and the the pause actually was was one of the things that um you know, really made me think. He'd obviously considered, shall I say it, shall I say it, and then says it. It's just like, what? Amazing. So I'm just going to read that little bit out again because it sort of blows my mind that, you know, there were some things that we did, we did for the specific reason of trying to lure these things out. Um, 
And it turns out that, you know, these things could be pretty successful if you know what you're doing. <sighs> anyway, we're going to move on from that for now. So <laughs> the next thing I wanted to talk about is something that uh, I've been talking about again on the podcast recently, which is the upcoming documentary, uh, Phenomenology. So uh, Columbia UAP posted on Twitter, uh, quote, the first trailer will be released later this week and episode one premieres on May the 1st, 2022. Big ups to everybody who has already subscribed on YouTube, unquote. And that was a post on Twitter, as I say, from Columbia UAP, who is basically organised by Ashley Cowie, who is the man behind all of this uh, Scottish kind of like historian slash Indiana Jones type of guy. Um, and he's, he's been the brains behind this whole documentary. Um, so the first thing that struck me there is like, wow, I mean, they must be working day and night to be able to get a trailer done that quickly. I mean, Dan and Vinny have only just landed back in the UK and they've already got a trailer and the first episode's going to be coming out in, what's that then? What are we in March, April? So a couple of months' time, they're going to have the, the the first episode ready to go. So that's that's pretty amazing. So very much looking forward to that. If you go to Columbia UAP uh, on YouTube, definitely make sure you go and subscribe to their channel because that's where I believe the actual series is going to be uh, premiered on. So um, you should, if you're interested in that, definitely go and check it out. Um, in case anybody's not familiar, I mean, I've talked about it a lot, so I imagine most people would be, but the concept is is that there's a, a particular mountain in Colombia and so the surrounding area that's been historically um, the site of, of many, many strange lights and un, unusual uh, UFO encounters and things of that nature. And the Vinny and Dan... Vinnie Adams from Disclosure Team and Dan The Signal, uh, the co-host of that UFO podcast, and both of those guys are from UAP Media UK. Uh, they they jetted across there to Colombia and uh, investigated it for I think it was about ten days. They were out there, and this documentary is going to be made uh, to examine the work that they did while they were out there. And um, one of the things I quite like about it is that there's going to be an element of um, kind of looking into people's perceptions and people's preconceived ideas about what this might be and how that impacts on things that you see and um the, the very interesting uh, way that they're going to do it and, and Ashley Cowie the thing I like about his approach what's he, what he's talked about how he wants this to be he doesn't want this to be one of those kind of um cheesy um series that you get on on some channels not to not to name any names and stuff you know um disparaging any any other uh, shows that are out there but he's definitely going for a quite a serious approach you know not cheesy and he, he wants to have an element of skepticism in there as well and make it a real thorough scientific as possible look at what's actually going on out there um, and obviously uh, Vinny and Dan will be fantastic additions to bringing the uf the ufo from the uk side of things into the equation so very much looking forward to watching that i can't wait to see it to be quite honest and um yeah i believe the uh, the trailer is going to be out it may even be out by the time you you listen to this so definitely worth checking that out okay so another thing that's been happening then is the anjali situation now I am quite aware that 
there are some people who just don't want to know about this anymore which is completely fair enough but um what you can do is if you don't want to hear this little segment is just have a look in the description of the episode wherever you're listening to this and you'll be able to check out the next segment i always do that just in case anybody doesn't already know uh, on these recent events episodes i always put timestamps in so if you do want to just skip out a bit and check out the next bit or if you ever want to go back and what was he saying about that thing again you can find it really easily in the description i have that with podcasts and episodes of things that i listen to all the time and i end up combing through and it's so frustrating trying to find the bit that you were that you were uh, wanting to find so hopefully that helps you guys and as i say if there's ever a bit like the uh, like this that you don't want to listen to because you're fed up hearing about it whatever you can do you can just skip it and, and find the bits that you're interested in so yeah and jolly obviously just again it's been a little while now i suppose so for anybody who wasn't familiar with uh, what happened with the uh, the anjali situation she basically uh, burst onto the scene uh, a, a while back uh, last year uh, what was it 2021 and um she had this transcension project uh, thing that she started on on reddit and claimed to have had an experience which was in a mountain basically on the property uh, of a gentleman by the name of Wayne uh, who who lived there with his partner Trisha and the idea was they met in a coffee shop uh, ended up having conversation found some similar interests and uh, kind of a shared experience of having health problems went back to the, the property of Wayne and Trisha went to this mountain apparently Anjali continued into the mountain only with Wayne and then uh, Anjali met some beings like lavender mantis beings and things of that nature and had an amazing experience various different things happened with these beings and then Anjali kind of appeared back in the actual main property in the, in the building on, on Wayne's land and then that was kind of it and then she basically put a press conference on and uh, that went sort of semi-viral especially amongst ufo twitter um, in the summer of last year started to get more and more attention a lot of people were talking about it mainly because anjali had said that she was going to have an expedition to actually go to this mountain and um show people uh, in, in no uncertain terms that something is there these beings have a base in this mountain and, and all this kind of thing anyway so it turns out the expedition got cancelled and everything started to go a bit off the rails when she she had a, a twitter poll which was basically a bit badly organized and included some people who had actually passed away and things like that and a lot of the people who were selected to take part in the expedition um declined to be involved because they didn't want to be associated with it and then eventually as i say the the, the whole thing got cancelled and then there was all kinds of other talk of you know some apot- apocalyptic event that's going to be happening in, in a few years time and hang on a minute what happened to the expedition and i thought these aliens were going to reveal themselves just to us so that we can prepare for the transcension and everything but now that's off the table and it all went a bit strange a lot of people got very um you know upset about it really because it turns out that what had been promised to happen wasn't going to happen and uh i sort of left it at that but there is a new development with uh with the thing so i wanted to mention it because i know some people are still interested in this and some people may have just lost track of what's going on with it um but 
One of the main reasons that Anjali actually gave for the expedition being cancelled was that the harassment that Wayne himself had actually received from people on Twitter and so on, and um, you know people were reaching out to him to try and verify if it was the real Wayne and so on. And uh, Wayne actually, I mentioned about having a health health condition just earlier. Wayne apparently has some form of cancer which he's suffering with long term uh, and Anjali basically said it's not fair to put stress on, on the man in, in this way uh, and anyway there was also a, a, a skeptic, I guess you would call her, um, Charlie Weiser. Now, again, some people are not going to be a big fan of Charlie Weiser because I know some people are not a big fan of sceptical uh, thinking in general. Um, and, you know, you don't have to agree with me on this, but I think Charlie Weiser did excellent work in the Anjali case and actually really kind of stuck with it for a long time and dug into the details as, as a lot of other people did particularly on reddit as well there were some some really good analyses of the uh, of the whole thing and and you know people mapped out the timeline of events and so on and picked a few things that didn't really make sense um and as i say uh, you, you may not like skeptics but i think as i've mentioned on the podcast a few times before we can't be just be living in an echo chamber where we we accept that everything is wonderful and believe everything that everybody says we have to question things if you want to get to actually the truth of what's actually going on and again there's things that i don't agree with with charlie weiser and um you know there's things that we've debated in the past which is perfectly fine never never stooped as low as insulting each other or anything just had you know pleasant day-to-day interactions which included disagreements and that's perfectly normal everybody knows i've had a fair few debates with mick west as well similar thing but as i say we need to be able to disagree in this topic because it's so crazy and out there to the average person that you know you are going to have disagreements even within people who who consider themselves to be part of the ufo community we don't all agree on everything there's so many factors to this topic um, that you're never going to agree on everything you know you couldn't really find two people who agree on every aspect of it so better get comfortable with disagreeing anyway so the point is that charlie weiser uh, has been looking into this in quite a bit of detail and has basically become sort of the prominent skeptic involved in looking into this uh, case and um like I said, I found it very useful, the analysis that Charlie Wise has done, the threads and things like that, which put me, you know, timeline the whole thing and uh, go back and find quotes and things that have been a part of the narrative that have been conveniently not a part of the narrative anymore. And it helps to just give you that full picture. Now, what has happened is the actual Wayne and Trisha have got wind of the fact that Anjali has actually approached Charlie Weiser via email and I've reached out to Charlie Weiser and I've checked all the threads on this as well and made sure that it's right and it is right Anjali has basically got in touch with Charlie Weiser and threatened to pursue legal action against her now you can take of any of this what you will but i mean in my opinion if somebody's saying something that questions your true story you're not going to want to shut that person up you're just going to want to tell your true story and the facts speak for themselves so i'm not going to sort of say that anjali is a liar or anything like that because i don't want to start slating people and you know that sort of thing but you know make of that what you will put it that way and but what had basically happened is Anjali reached out 
with this threat of legal action and essentially trying to aim to figure out the real identity of, of Charlie Weiser, which I believe is, you know, like a, a false name sort of thing to protect her identity. And Trisha and Wayne, the actual people who own the property where this all took place, have actually reached out to Charlie Weiser and said, quote, this is Trisha here, quote, and Charlie tried to make it seem like we were going to be a part of the libel suit against you. I was like, oh, hell no. And then Wayne says, quote, that's what made me reach out to you. So we're talking about the actual Wayne and Trisha in the situation here who have reached out to Charlie Weiser to give their version of events. And that is basically what I wanted to bring forward here because it is interesting to hear their version of events because we've heard so much about these people. We've heard that they have to be kept secret at all costs. And now it seems that they themselves have come forward now to put forward their version of events. And to cut a long story short, Wayne and Tricia have confirmed they did meet in the coffee shop. That was correct. Wayne did mention that people saw UFOs over his mountain. They did invite Anjali home to the property. So all of this is true, you know, that which is interesting to know. And apparently she seemed like a nice person. And another couple, uh, Wayne and Trisha's friends, also went back to the property with them. When they got home, they did some cannabis oil. And they mentioned... Um, quoting here quote we did some cannabis oil if you're not used to cannabis oil it can hit you hard what i'm getting at is we weren't sober it does alter your mind unquote now i may or may not have had some experiences with cannabis in general over the years um you know you're going to run into it sooner or later in life uh, and the actual experiences that you probably would have if you had dabbled probably aren't going to blow your mind and make you see aliens in a mountain however cannabis oil perhaps a bit of a different story especially if you're not used to it anyway so moving on to what the experience may have actually been um, an ambulance actually showed up apparently before it got dark and wayne had no idea why this this ambulance had shown up until the sheriff said that it was for a welfare check for angelia because her daughter had called 911 so evidently, whatever experience took place there uh, was quite frightening for Anjali. Angelia is a real name. And Wayne says, quote, whatever experience Angelia had here is really in her mind. There was no mention of tunnels or aliens that night, unquote. So it's pretty clear that Wayne is verifying here that there are no tunnels on his mountain, there are no aliens there with the base or anything like that, and whatever Anjali has experienced um, wasn't shared by the other people that were there. And clearly the experience was somehow frightening or something, and it ended up that an ambulance was called. Important information to, to take into account when it comes to this uh, story. And apparently for the next few weeks, Anjali basically... Um, text uh, repeatedly texted Trisha to meet up asking to meet up and apparently at this stage there was still no mention of aliens in tunnels to Wayne or Trisha and it ended up that Trisha didn't like the uh, continued pestering and um, ignored her and Wayne says quote because we were freaked out by her unquote 
Now, Wayne and Trisha clearly don't want to be a part of this story. The The way that it was put forward by Anne Jarley in terms of, um, you know, Wayne and Trisha are fully on board with the whole thing and they, they can't wait to reveal the existence of these aliens that live on their property and the only reason they're not coming forward is because of some other reason. It turns out that that certainly doesn't seem to be the case. Um, anyway, so basically, to wrap up on this, um, eventually the interaction with Anjali pestering Wayne and Trisha got to the stage of quote Wayne saying quote I've tried to explain there's no tunnel here I can't convince her unquote and apparently Anjali has been pressurizing them to allow an expedition and the stress has actually been quite a lot for him to deal with especially with his health health conditions and uh, he just doesn't want strangers on, on his land so that that was the reason that this expedition never took place and um, Apparently, Wayne says that Anjali actually told him, quote, you have no idea who I am, you have no idea what I'm capable of, unquote, which is basically um, a bit of a veiled threat, really. And apparently, Anjali was uh, being very persistent about trying to put this expedition on, and it sounds as though uh, Tr Wayne and Trisha got very, very fed up with it, and in the end, Trisha says... I wish we'd never met you. I wish we'd never invited you to our home. You're not my friend. You were never my friend. Stop saying you're my friend. Um, so basically what they want is Anjali to, to leave them alone and they don't want to have anything to do with any of this stuff. And it seems that whatever experience Anjali had not to say her experience was real fake because I don't know. I wasn't there. I didn't experience it. But whatever happened there Wayne and Trisha don't want to have anything to do with this. They don't want to have an expedition on their land. They don't want to be involved and they want to just wash their hands of it and have rid of it. And it seems that despite the fact that um, Anjali has been told that told this, she has been pressurising them. Um, she clearly believes what whatever experience she had was real and she wants to go back there. Um I mean, look, it is a wild story. I mean, it's so... I mean, I don't even know what to make of it. You know, the whole, when it first came out, it was very convincing. There was this concept of, um, you know, the, the backstory. And Jolly had worked for the DIA, I believe it was. And, um, you know, one of the things that I said that really set it apart compared to other people's experiences was that she'd promised that she was going to take a team of people with cameras to the location and show them you know this alien base in the mountain obviously that didn't end up happening and um you know the story kind of unraveled and we've now ended up at this position where it seems like wayne and trisha are unfortunately you know have been roped into this story against their wishes so i think you know that is sort of like the nail in the coffin of this whole thing I wish Anjali the best with whatever she decides to do. Um, and I really just wish Wayne and Trisha the best because they sounds like they've been caught up in something that they didn't even want to be involved in. So I have, by the way, like I say, spoken to um, uh, Charlie Weiser about uh, to verify whether or not this is definitely the real Wayne and Trisha. And it seems like Anjali has actually acknowledged that the real Wayne and Trisha have spoken to Charlie Weiser. Uh, and that clearly seems to be the reason that she's threatening legal action against them. So at this point, there's not really much doubt left in my mind and there's not really much 
curiosity that I have on that story, I think we can safely put that one to bed. So I thought it was worth going into just to give some roundup because I'd mentioned it on the podcast numerous times in the past. Um, you know, initially was quite excited about it. You know, I'll be honest because of the things that I mentioned earlier, it seemed like quite a credible story, but you know, it is what it is at this stage. And I thought that latest development was worth mentioning. And I suppose the main thing I, I, I come away from it thinking is, um, it's very important to wait until the bigger picture emerges before you make a final decision on anything with things like these cases. If something seems too good to be true, it usually is. And I just feel for some of the people involved, really. I mean, Wayne and Trisha, I hope that they're all right, you know? And Anjali, I hope she's all right as well because I don't know what's going on with her, but it doesn't sound great. Um, so yeah, just wish the best for everybody involved and I hope we can draw a line under that. And I, I think it's interesting to to wrap up on it because I've spoke about it so much before. So there it is. Anyway, moving on from that. So there was an article by Jazz Shaw on the debrief recently. Now this was actually about a week ago, but um, or maybe longer now, probably coming up to two weeks ago. But I thought it was a really interesting article. And uh, as I mentioned at the beginning, a, a lot of the reporting on the debrief by Tim McMillan in particular has been purely focused on what's going on in Ukraine, rightly so. Um, but this actually came out before all of that started to happen. And when I did my last recent events episode, I didn't get a chance to talk about this. So I thought it was worth going into. If anybody's looking for a great article about some more historic UFO sightings and things of that nature, this is definitely worth a read. So Jazz Shaw really interesting dude and i was actually a guest on the colin albean show a while back and uh, jazz shaw was another guest on that day as well so i kind of um sort of partly you know introduced myself to jazz shaw at that point and uh he, he writes really good articles very detailed and this particular one starts off by uh, saying most of us familiar with the attitude of the US Air Force towards potential UFO sightings and the subject of potential alien visitors starting with the close of Project Blue Book in 1969. Nothing to see here, move along, is basically the approach. But in the earliest days of their investigations into this phenomenon, their approach was significantly different. When the Air Force was in the midst of Project Sign, the predecessor of Project Grudge, they were keenly interested in not only studying the reported objects in the skies, but also who might be piloting them. And they did not take the possibility of visitors from another world off the table. So most of that were there was a, a pretty much a, a, the first paragraph of the actual article itself. Obviously, I'm not going to read out too much more of it because I recommend you go in what, reading the whole thing because it's really, really interesting. Um, but the article goes on to talk about a report that was created by a scientist called James E. Lipp. And this report was requested via a letter on November the 18th, 1948, as part of Project Sign by Brigadier General Donald Leander Putt, Director of Research and Development for Material at uh, Air Force Headquarters, Washington, D.C. The report was requested to address the flying object problem and requested a scientific study on the possibilities as to not only what the object might be, but the feasibility of aliens from another planet in our solar system or even another star system being responsible. 
Now, before we go on uh, to talk about that some more, that's really interesting to me because it seems that it's very clear there that back then the Air Force was actively investigating UAP and keeping all the options on the table as well. And a quick history of the uh, the Air Force, the, the United States Air Force is the uh, air service branch of the United States Armed Forces and is one of the eight U.S. uniformed services. Uh, initially formed as part of the United States Army on the 1st of August 1907, the U.S. Air Force was established as a separate branch of the U.S. Armed Forces on the 18th of September 1947 with the passing of the National Security Act of 1947. Now, bearing in mind, that's only a few months after the Roswell incident, which has led many to speculate that, may, that that incident may have been a key part of the reason for this splitting off from the main body of the army. And um, interestingly, the report actually speculates about the most likely origin of extraterrestrial visitors as being Mars, or possibly even Venus. Now, safe to say that's something that we do think very differently about nowadays due to our massively increased knowledge of the universe. And I thought that was quite interesting that this report that I mentioned earlier that was requested, um, you know, into to looking at what these things could be and where they come from, etc. Um, the the thinking has definitely changed on in that regard because back then. Mars was this big mystery and so was Venus whereas now it's totally different isn't it we have probes on Mars we have little helicopters that launch themselves off the the lander and fly around and take HD photographs so it's pretty clear now what's going on on Mars whereas back then they had no idea and it was or at least they had a lot less of an idea uh, and it was more in the running as a potential place that other life forms could be coming from safe to say that is something that we do think very differently about nowadays but, you know, I suppose even now you can't take it off the table completely, but it seems a hell of a lot less likely than it would have done back then. So going back to the debrief article, quote, Lip also explores the possibility that the aliens might be coming from a different star system. For some reason, he limits the search for their home world to a distance of 16 light years from the Earth. He eliminates all binary and trinary systems as lacking the conditions required for stable planetary orbits, something which we now know to be incorrect. And he also eliminates white dwarf stars, along with red giants, as being the wrong size to host habitable planets, which is now also proven to be untrue, unquote. So again, some very... Um, very interesting points there that uh, you know back then would have seemed like logical conclusions when you're thinking about this kind of thing but now are completely different and it just made me think that as our knowledge increases and our technological capabilities to be able to look into these things you know improves it changes the thinking uh, in in some ways completely to what it would have been all that time ago because we're talking nearly well over 70 years ago isn't it but there are also some, uh, some very interesting areas which are eerily similar to the current discussion on UFOs as well. Um, so another quote here from the article, quote, if technologically advanced Martians were actually coming to the Earth, Lip offers a, fant a fascinating reason as to the motivation. 
He notes the recent developments of atomic weapons by humans, leading the potential Martians to see the mushroom clouds erupting from our planet as evidence that we are warlike and on the threshold of space travel, unquote. Which is obviously, you know, very similar to certain things that we hear about with UAP activity around nuclear facilities and, and things like that. And obviously there's been a lot of uh, speculation that there was a massively increased amount of um, incidences of UAP being witnessed around about the time that a lot of nuclear testing was taking place. Um but Lip also uh, sort of further questioned the, the lack of purpose of the spacecraft, suggesting that the only obvious motive that the spacemen might have is to feel out our defences without wanting to be belligerent, which is really interesting to me because I hadn't read this um, when I was making these comments, but I'd been commenting recently that I think what strikes me is if there is some kind of extraterrestrial presence here on on this earth why would they be here because they're certainly not trying to stop wars from breaking out as we can tell from what's happened over the last week they've not really got our interests in mind in that regard they've certainly not stopped us from using nuclear weapons and and you know murdering hundreds of thousands of people in an instant in in the end of the second world war and they didn't step in to stop the second world war and uh, and all that kind of thing so i've kind of concluded that one of the main things would be just to kind of monitor us really and, and feel out our defenses without wanting to be belligerent is is exactly the way i would put it and it just um i found that really interesting that even way back in the 1940s the conclusions, the most likely explanations are quite similar to what you could perhaps assume now, even all this time later. Um, and that's, again, kind of another area that's very similar to what's being discussed regarding UAP at the moment in the, in the conversation within the UFO community. Some things change and some things stay the same, eh? So um, that is basically all we've got time for for today's episode. So uh, I hope you've enjoyed listening to me ramble on about the recent events as always. And uh, if you do enjoy uh, these these episodes, I'm sure you do. If you listen to it all the way through to this point in the episode, you are obviously a hardcore listener of the podcast. Uh, so thanks for sticking around until the end. And if you do want to support the podcast, I do have Patreon available uh, now. And you get plenty of benefits on there for it. It's just a couple of pounds a month which really helps me to cover all the costs of the podcast and hopefully as we as we go along i'll be able to dedicate more time into actually um making more episodes better episodes and, and just improving everything and i would love to spend more time on on the podcast and um, and as, as in reward for that support you can get access to early episodes which are usually at least a day in some cases three or four days earlier than than what they go out on the public feeds there's also kind of a bit of a community growing on the patreon now so everyone can have little debates amongst themselves in the comments and comment on the episodes there and, and only other patrons can see that so you're part of a bit of an exclusive group and also uh, i recently did a patreon exclusive episode which was an ask me anything so i'll be doing those every couple of months now i really enjoyed doing it and those are just for patreons they don't go out on all the free feeds and it gives you the opportunity to if there's any questions that you thought you'd like to ask me about um ufo related or not i think actually in the one we just did they were nearly all ufo related questions but yeah any burning curiosities you might have i can talk about in those as well 
Um, so as I say, that's just on patreon.com forward slash UFO thinker. Uh, and all support is very much appreciated. Uh, and yeah, I hope you've enjoyed listening. Until next time, take it easy, stay curious, and I'll catch you in the next episode. UFO Thinker Podcast.